like to tell a story today about um, an experience I had in New Jersey. Um, it's a story of Lizzie's experience with mental illness, and it's a real one. It may seem funny at times, but in the end, it's really not. Um, laugh if you need to to sort of get through it. Uh, I know I do. So here goes. So it all started back in 2007. I was in the middle of a very difficult winter session. What I, what I did was, in order to get into grad school a semester early, um, I registered at five different universities over a course of four weeks. So a normal traditional winter session in the United States, and at least in New York and the SUNY system, at most schools you're only allowed to take a certain number of credits. They cap you. They actually cap you at about four credits. I needed 18. So what I did was, I realized that there's a way around it, there's a loophole. If you register at different courses, at different universities throughout the SUNY system online, uh, via their online network, you're able to get away with it because each school doesn't track if you're taking courses at another university. They just don't monitor that. Uh, so what I did was I registered at um, see, uh, Albany, uh, one of my own school at Binghamton. I registered at I think Portland, a number of schools, at least at least five. There were five of them. And I was up for weeks at a time. Uh, what happened was I realized that in a winter session, since I'd never taken one before, there's work due every single day. Um, and throughout the day. And since I had five different classes rolling at one time, I had work to from sunup to sundown, and that meant the hours that I was supposed to be sleeping, I was preparing for the next day. So I needed a break. Um, eventually I got that break, but um, ha, that's, a, that's another side, that's another story. But um, I needed a break. So I said to myself, all right, get my friends together, all go to Atlantic City. Um, Atlantic City's in driving distance of of SUNY Binghamton, and I wanted to have a good time. That was the goal. Um, but I didn't realize, as most schizophrenia symptoms sort of come on without you realizing they're happening, it's, it's, it's a symptom in and of itself. You don't realize that you're symptomatic, but you clearly are. I was beginning to have dis some distance from reality. So, um, at that time, my mania started to increase in intensity, um, and my psychosis started to deepen and become more complex. And I was on a number of drugs at the time, too. That didn't help. Um, I was taking a lot of medication. I was on all sorts of controlled substances, uh, medication I should have been taking but wasn't taking, other meds I was doubling up and taking way too much. Uh, so 
it was an experience driving down. I drove down with a friend, and um, we uh, eventually made it to the hotel, and um, I parked, and I think it was like 5 a.m. Uh, my friend was persistent that they wouldn't let us check in at that hour, and he was right, they didn't. But we ended up walking around and having a great time and eventually getting to our room. Um, I don't remember the weekend. Yeah, I don't. Uh, that's the kind of weekend it was. It was the kind of weekend I needed. Or at least I thought I needed. Uh, so it was it was wild. It was me doing everything I needed to do or thought I needed to do to get my away time. So it was the day of departure, the day of going back. And people were still in the room sort of getting themselves together. Everyone was congregating. I went out to look for my car. I had a number of books that I brought into my hotel room to get work done, which didn't happen um, over the weekend because that's not what it was there for. But I wanted to bring them anyway to think that maybe what happened, you know how it worked. So what I did was I went out to look for my car. It wasn't there. Um, it just wasn't there. I didn't know what to do. I was a 20-year-old in Atlantic City during a winter break, which I paid thousands of dollars to do to get into grad school early to sort of speed up my my academic trajectory. But if I didn't have a car, none of this was going to work out. I wouldn't be able to get home to and from classes when I get back. All my stuff was in there, my personal belongings. So that's when I realized that um, I hadn't really parked the car. I sort of just dropped it off and went into the hotel for the weekend. I Probably the car was still running when I left it. According to a friend later on, um, I had been sleeping in the car for a while before uh, that friend came out and got me and said, we have a weekend to do. So, um, making a long story short, I get on the phone when I get back to the room, and I call Geico, my insurance carrier. So Geico uh, tells me that, you know, there's nothing we could do. So I said, well, what about theft? He told me I didn't have theft. That's when I got angry. I started screaming. What do you mean I don't have theft? What are, you, what are you talking about? People can hear me outside. I was in the bathroom talking, trying to clean myself up and get things together. Needless to say, I didn't get really things anything in order because I didn't have theft and, and I didn't have a car at that point. So, yeah. I did what any person would do, any rational person. I gathered all of my stuff and I took the train to Manhattan. That's when I said to myself, I can get a car. This is just not going to work without a car. So I went to Toyota Manhattan and I was there for about maybe five, six hours looking at different cars, working with different salespeople. Hey, what is this? Do I really fit into this? Is this car for me? Mirror, I didn't really have any money, but the salesman didn't know anything. That was until he ran my credit. So, uh, upon running my credit, it, it uh, was discovered I had no money. And um, I guess 
no way of purchasing the car. So eventually that salesman uh, stopped speaking with me and sort of did his own thing and wandered away. And I was left sleeping on the floor of Toyota Manhattan. Um, eventually the manager walked up to me and said, sir, you can't sleep here. This is a, a showroom. So I said, okay, and I got up. And I did what any rational person would do at that point. I called my sister-in-law. Um, she came via cab, picked me up, and went back uh, home. From there, I went back to school without a car. And all my stuff. A number of emails went out of professors. I'm sorry, I lost my book. But the good thing was, five years later, I got a call from a detective, and that detective told me that my car was, again, uh, discovered it at the very same impound lot that I guess it was sitting in for five years. No one had called me, it was nothing. And I guess, I guess it wasn't stolen, and I didn't need theft because it was towed, because I was probably in a tow zone right outside the hotel. That I hadn't really, hadn't really thought that one through either, because again, I was on a number of medications, and it really interfered with my ability to keep track or self-monitor, self-regulate myself in any way. So, I drove down to that impound lot, and sitting in my car was this drink I drove down with in my cup holder, a lot of garbage, pills everywhere. It was a time capsule. Uh, it was a relic, a holdover from five years ago when I had driven down that very night and lost my car in Atlantic City. So that's the story. Now you have it. Thank you.